0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. It is so exciting uh, to be able to have our our special guest with us, uh, Michael Jr., And uh, people were asking me where did you meet Michael Jr. And it was through Gateway Church. Uh, As many remember, we had Robert Morrison uh, preaching. as one of our friends of our church. And it was through that that I had heard about Michael Jr. Was able to get in touch with them and uh, be able to say, "Hey, how would you like to come up and do one of our Men's Night?" Uh, And he said, "Yes, I'm in. We're we're interested. Very interested. So what about how about having you for the whole weekend?" And, uh, and he said, I do churches, I would absolutely love this. And if you were at our guys' night on Friday night, you know it was an amazing time, it was fun, it was spiritual, there was those moments that he just zings you, and uh, I love that he's using his gift to make a difference for the kingdom of God. I love that we get some people in here that are prophetic, we get some people that raise our faith, we get some people that help us to laugh and get us to look at life differently and he's one of those guys, and I love that he's using his gift, and I just want you to open up your heart. It's good to laugh. You have permission to do that. It's good to enjoy this, and I know God will speak to you. People said, what's it going to be like? I said, it's going to be funny. It's going to be good, and it's going to draw you closer to God, and I really, really believe that, so can you welcome with me Michael Jr.?
1: It was uh, The mics are segregated or something? I can't use that one. I don't understand. The... This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks for welcoming you, Pastor. That's awesome. Just don't touch my mic, okay? Just... <laughs> We're having some fun. My name is Michael Jr. I'm going to do some jokes. But they're not going to start right away, though. So. So it's cool here, I'm glad to be here before it gets cold. Cause it's gonna get cold in a minute. And then, uh, and I'm gonna be leaving. So, cause I don't like the cold. I grew up in Michigan. People are like, you should be used to it, whatever. I didn't grow fur. <laughs> so I love what I do. I get to travel the whole world doing comedy. It's a lot of fun. Well, the country, really the country, really. The Midwest, mostly like the Midwest. <laughs> hey, this is the only church I've ever been at doing comedy. Man. It's the first time, actually. It's amazing what I want to talk to. The joke's not going to start right away, just in case you're wondering. Wow, he's moving slow this morning. It's a day of rest, is what it is. It's a day of rest, so I'm resting. It's awesome. <laughs> amen is like a retweet, in case y'all didn't know. When people say amen, I just retweeting what you just. I just made that up. I need to write that down, man, that's hysterical. I'm on Twitter, I do a lot of tweeting. Pastor just tweeted me while he was on stage because he left his phone next to me. (laughs) He sent out a tweet that said, I love Michael Jr. I wish I was as cool as him. Thanks, man, I appreciate that, man. You're awesome, such a humble guy you are. Most pastors, when you hang out with them, they like to take you out to eat at, like, a steak restaurant, something cool. <laughs> nope. Now Pastor Rob we went straight to Hooters. I was like, that's awesome, man. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for that. That was awesome, man. Cool. He knew everybody by name. Hey, Jamie, how you doing? That's cool. <laughs> it's comedy. Calm down. Calm down. Some Pharisees already ready to leave. I can't believe this so cool you can come to church on a Sunday and laugh and crack jokes. It's so cool. And my thing is I'm not a pastor or a preacher. I just I just do what I do. And I really believe this is the case with everybody. Whatever your gift is, whatever your talent is, you should just do it to the fullest and then study and dig into God's word because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So you just do your thing and then opportunities to serve will just show up. like, Like for real. Like I don't be trying to create no message, but I I know that one is about to show up pretty soon. (laughs) That's going to be cool. I just do what I do. So never try to force yourself to be something that you're not. I'm just saying, because you end up seeming creepy to people who aren't Christians. (laughs) You ever be talking with somebody, having a regular conversation, suddenly they just start praying with you out of nowhere? Yo, you see that game? That was a good game. Man, that game was good, God. We just thank you for being so holy and so awesome. (laughs) I'm like, are we praying right now? That is creepy. (laughs) I grew up in a church where I didn't understand what was going on. I was seven years old. My grandmother forced me to go to this church. My clothes didn't fit. They were all tight. I was uncomfortable. And this dude is up on stage, not teaching like Pastor Rob. This dude is up on stage mad. He is mad at everybody. And I couldn't figure out why he was so mad. Then I figured out he was mad because he had some phlegm caught in his throat. Because at the end of every sentence, he tried to get it out. He'd be like, the Lord said, (laughs) ha! Like you It's a black church for those who are confused. I've never heard of such a thing. I didn't understand because nobody was teaching at this church. This dude is up on stage, he mad, church lasts six hours. I didn't know football existed till I was nineteen years old. I thought that was something the kids did. I just didn't understand, it just didn't make any sense, man. One time I go to church, there's a dead body in the front. Nobody explains to a seven-year-old Michael Jr., it's a funeral, it's not church. I'm thinking, yo, that's how they roll. (laughs) Like every third Sunday or so, they bring a dead body in as an example. I didn't know what was going on. I asked my grandma, I was like, Grandma, what happened to the man in the box? What happened to the man in the box? Her whole explanation was, he in a better place. I'm like, what kind of box did he live in before? (laughs) Then they called a kid's choir up to sing. I was in a kid's choir, right? But before I would sing, the pastor would get up there and explain what was going on. The only thing I understood about his explanation about the dude in the box was this. He went to see the king. (laughs) That's all I got. He went to see the king. (laughs) Then they called the kids choir up to sing. What song we gotta sing? Soon and very soon, we are gonna see the king. Look at all the black people coming in with me. They know what I'm talking about. I'm like, going to see the king? I don't wanna see the king. That's what happened to the man in the box. So church was miserable, to say the least. That stuff was boring, I wanted to teaching, I had to be there forever, couldn't laugh. One time I laughed, this lady was jumping around, her wig fell off. <laughs> stuff was hysterical, man. And now I get to go to churches and make people laugh. That's so cool, it's a little weird. And growing up, we were poor, we weren't even poor, we were poor. it's a difference. Like we couldn't afford the other letters, man. We had no money. I was actually being sponsored by a family from Haiti. We had no money, man. Yo, that's a funny joke. Nah, cause Christians don't know how to laugh at a joke. You can't laugh and shake your head. <laughs> we had no money, man. I just hear somebody say, that's funny. Let me see if I got this right. Instead of actually laughing, you're just going to announce your reaction? That's how you want to do it? That's like driving down the street and you get cut off in traffic. You're just like, oh, the horn. <laughs> Wait, I got another one. I got another one. You get a speck of dust in your eye. You just stand there and say, blink, 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 blink. Blink, 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 blink. Brr. So cool. So now I just pay attention to people. That's what I do in my kind. Con- I've always done that. I just didn't know to what degree I was doing it. I pay attention to people's sensibilities and what they can get. Because a-, so, a lot of times people can get on board with things if it's a, like a movement behind it. But then if it's pretty obvious, well, here's an ex- oh, here's an example. Um, I'm excited that I can stand here and tell you guys that uh, it's been like over two years since I've had a cigarette. So, yeah. Um, Actually, actually, it's been a little longer. Um, I've never had a cigarette before. So, yeah, interesting how everybody can clap for two years, but not a lifetime. It's awesome. So <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes, man. It's hysterical. Well, I'll get a habit. Something we can get behind. <laughs> it's awesome. I get these random thoughts, too, because I think so. When I was a kid, it was hard for me to read. It was really hard for me to read. Um, so in order to make it seem like I was reading, I came up with my brain automatically developed like seven different ways to figure out what, what a word meant or what it was. Without even reading it, I would see the word and I would, my brain would just start to work. I came up with seven different ways. I would look at the font size, the color, where it was positioned at, how people responded to it, the word in front of it, behind it, to the point where I got really fast at looking at things differently. And then in high school, it got to the point where I didn't just look at words seven different ways. I'd look at a situation seven different ways, and immediately come up with all these other options on what it could be. Now I read very well. I read all the time. I'm gonna read uh, Pastor Rob's book one of these days. And, um, <laughs> no, no, no. Like I know, like I know. I'm gonna read this book. Listen, a lot of people give me their books, and I'll be like, oh, okay, thanks for the book. And it's gonna be weird when I see you again, and I haven't read it. It's gonna be weird. <laughs> But I'm going to read this book because sometimes I get a book and I feel like, yo, this is the stuff, right? Every once in a while, right? You can't do that with all books, though. This is how you play it off, though. When you see them in the beginning, you be like, yo, man, that was awesome. I love the cover. <laughs> anyway. So I came up with seven different ways to look at all situations. Now that I read very well, I still have the ability to look at things different almost immediately to the point my brain it moves really really fast now let's check it what the devil really meant for bad in the form of low self-esteem as a child god has flipped and turned to good because that's the primary place where i pull my comedy from and i look at things differently to the point where i get these random thoughts right and i'll write them down a lot of times i'll develop them into full-fledged comedy sometimes they're just random thoughts that i i'm just gonna do it from i'm just gonna tell you some of my random thoughts right here on stage these are just random thoughts um they're really random. Some of them you'll understand, some of them you'll be like, I don't understand, but that's okay, move on. Don't get caught on one thought, right? Because you'll, you'll get confused and you won't, you'll miss the thought. So I'm gonna give you some random thoughts from Michael Jr., these are random. Um, if a woman gets pregnant in Vegas, does the baby have to stay there? gonna we'll move on to the next thought. Why are stay-at-home moms always gone? Where does non-local anesthesia come from? When it comes to sharks, what's so great about the white ones? (laughs) That's one of my favorites. I met a woman once who had a callus on one foot. Does that make her a unicorn? Is it acceptable to call a white duck a quacker? <laughs> I wrote that one yesterday. That's awesome. Did old McDonald go bankrupt? Because the song is in the past tense. Some of y'all are singing it in your heads right now. Do vegetarians love animals as much as I do? I think not. I've noticed that no one seems to care about the outer-city youth. I'm not gonna explain. I'm not gonna explain. You ever go to the grocery store in a self-checkout and wonder why there are no mirrors? Um. I'm telling you, these are the thoughts that I deal with every day to just go in my head, and this is my outlet. So, your laughter is appreciated. Here's a thought if God clapped his hands, wouldn't that make a big bang? <laughs> it's just a theory. It's just a theory. <laughs> I got deep on that last one. I got deep. That was pretty hot. I got pretty deep. So that's what I do. Now I get to sit around and it's cool because these random thoughts that I have are this different way of looking at stuff. People actually pay me to like, I thought it was a handicap. God is like, yo, I'm equipping you. I'm preparing you to do what I have for you to do. It's really kind of cool. So I'm telling you, there's some people here who in the past or maybe even now you're going through some struggles and you don't understand why you're going through them. You don't understand why. All it's doing is building you and making you stronger for what God has for you to do. Because there's, there's some stuff that that you, there's some stuff you don't need to do and you don't even need those muscles for but you're going to need some muscles in some other areas, and you don't understand it now, because if God would have showed, if he showed you the whole picture, you would take off running. If God told me I would be speaking to millions of people a year, millions of people a year, back when I was in the seventh grade trying to figure out how to read, I'd be like, I'm about to end this right now. <laughs> but he only gave me what I could handle at the time, and now he's giving me more and more. I'm telling you, God has an amazing plan for your life, and if you if you have a plan and you can see exactly how it's gonna work out, that's just your plan. But if you can't see it all, if it's a little scary, it's probably God. Because there's, in in fact, I would say, yeah, it is God. I mean, as long as it line up with the Word of God, I "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm gonna rob this bank. (laughs) (laughs) That is not God. I just want to be clear right now. (laughs) You were Robin Hood or somebody. It was awesome. So I always sit back. I pay close, close attention to people. Oh, I should say, me and my wife, uh, I have five kids. I didn't mention that. I got five kids. It's so awesome, man. And I travel a lot, you know, so I can see them all. That's a lot of work. Uh, so, <laughs> it's comedy. Calm down, okay? Yeah, I don't see them. I just I was just playing. I'm just playing. No, nah, one of them is not at, at home. She's in college. I got, I got a stretch, man. I got like one in Pampers and one in college. Actually, this is the same one. She's real smart. <laughs> um. So it's cool, man, and having kids is phenomenal. Being a dad is like the best job ever. I'm telling you, being a dad is the best. And the cool part about being a dad is you don't have to physically have a, a child. Like, you, there's enough kids out there who need a father like one in their life. I'm telling you, fellas, try this. This is a side note. This what I'm planned. Next time you see a little kid, whether you know if he has a dad or not, give him a compliment and say, wow, you, I'm telling you, like a seven or eight year just say, wow, you got muscles. You really, I'm telling you, you don't have any idea what that'll do for that little boy. Especially if he doesn't have a dad in his life. Be like, Yah, those there's some good muscles you have. Listen, if he's in high school, that's a little weird. I just want to point that out. Okay. Don't don't walk up to some college too. Those are good muscles. <laughs> it's a little weird at that point. You just figure out something else to compliment him about. I just wanna... But really, you have no idea what how how big a compliment it is to a little boy, especially if there's not a father around. It's just big stuff. It's just big. Um, so again, I always sit back and I look at people. Uh, I love reading the Bible. I was reading the Bible. I found out. Um, One of the things that blessed me was Abraham, the obedience of his household. Listen, his name used to be Abram, and then one day God changed his name to Abraham and told him to go home and circumcise his entire household, even the servants. Then the Bible says he went home that very same day and did it. That is obedience, because I don't know if I could have been a servant. I'm just saying, I would have had a couple questions first. I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, what happened? What happened? You said you changed your name? I don't think I know you. I don't know you, man. No, no, no. wait. Can we just talk for a second? Can we just talk for a second? Okay, what exactly did God say? His words, please. Okay, circumcised in the flesh of the foreskin. You sure he didn't say your skin? Go back up there and check, man. Go check. Come back with a note. <laughs> I told you, God, I challenge you to do some stuff. It's going to seem hard. That's a hard one right there. I love reading the Bible. There's so much fun. Remember Jesus, when he was 12 years old, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. I read that. I got seven different ways to look at this. I'm like, yo, you know, the first thing they had to do was they had to pray what did that prayer sound like? You just lost Jesus. (laughs) You know, Joseph did the prayer. He probably wanted Mary to do it. He's like, you know, he like you better. (laughs) But I'll do it. I'm the head of the house. So he's praying. He's like, dear God, oh, forgiving God. Uh, You remember that Messiah you gave us? another one somewhere man oh, that was the only begotten son okay we're going to find him we're going to find him we're going to check the temple he was looking at the temple earlier we're going to check the temple Jesus had a little brother and James There's a lot of pressure Jesus is your big brother how much pressure was that how many times do you have to hear why come you can't be more like Jesus James because, you know, everybody probably thought James could do the same thing Jesus could do, but he couldn't. He was just James. He wasn't James Christ. It's a lot of pressure. And I know every once in a while, Mary would try to throw James a bone to make him feel good, she, right? She was, they'd be praying over their meal or something. Mary would be like, God, we just thank you for this food. We actually to bless it, Lord, in and, and James' name. Then they all got sick. They all got sick. And, uh... Then Jesus healed everybody, and uh, back to square one, back to square one. You know what'd be cool is a what would James do bracelet. Same initials, different meaning. You driving down the street, you get cut off in traffic, you fuss them out, your pastor's gonna be like, yo, you got a what would Jesus do bracelet on. You're like, "Uh uh-uh, that's what would James do. I remember I got baptized. Is there a baptismal here, Pastor? I got a baptismal. You, know, you just walk to the lake or something? I guess there's 10,000 of them. You might as well just, just have them walk around the city. Soon enough, they're going to fall in some waters. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, how do you guys go about baptizing people? You just, just let them do it at home? It's like a do it yourself kit. <laughs> Step one fill up the tub. That is is awesome. Wow. That is awesome. People online right now with their computers, go ahead, dip yourself. (laughs) That is awesome. Oh, cool. You're going right now. That's great. She was like, I didn't know I had to be here. That's awesome. I remember getting baptized, and I just want to say there's a little more on it when black people get baptized because we don't like water. I'm not gonna say all black people don't like water. I'm just gonna say all the black people I know don't like water. I don't know what it is about the water. I know the black women's the hair. Black women do not want to get their hair wet. I'm telling you, you could rob a black woman with a squirt gun. Take it. Just take it. Just take it. Just take it. Just don't like water, man. Before I tell you about my baptism, let me tell you how I learned how to swim i fishing off a bridge in Michigan. I love fishing. I love to fish. Where I'm fishing off a bridge, and the fish not biting. My dad comes over. He's like, they're not biting, huh? I was like, no. He said, well, let's have some fun. That's how I learned how to swim. Fast forward like 11 years ago, I'm about to get baptized. I have not been submersed underwater since the bridge. Standing in the water, dude gonna push me, right? I'm like, you know what, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet, right? Standing there, dude gonna push me again. I'm like, it's gonna be trouble in the water. He pushed me one more time. am gonna trouble the water, right? I got seven different ways to look at this. I'm like, wait a minute, it's a white dude he got on a white sheet? I don't know if this is right. Are you gonna let me up? Are you gonna let me up? This is not an eight minute baptism. And when they baptize you, what do they say? In the name of the Son, the Father, the Holy Spirit, dunk you underwater. I'm reading the Bible that Jesus got baptized. I'm like, well, what did they say to him? There's like, there's like, you, your daddy, and your best friend. It's cool, man. Using this, this comedy, the way God has me to do it, it's pretty phenomenal. Like, I love it. Like, I, I, I do comedy. I've been on all the late-night TV shows. I haven't been on Letterman yet. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, Letterman. <laughs> um, I haven't been on that show yet, but I love doing comedy. And there's clubs. Like, when I put, used to perform at the clubs a lot. I still perform at the clubs, but not as much. But there's a club in Los Angeles that's really, really hard to get into. It's called the Comedy and Magic Club. It's one of the best clubs in the country. So the way I got into this club is a comedian named George Wallace took me into the club when I moved to Los Angeles. And um, when I go into the club, in the green room is uh, Gary Shanley, George Wallace, now Jay Leno. I'm brand new in town at the time. And I'm sitting here like, whoa, these are some soldiers in comedy. And now all of a sudden I'm hanging out. I'm I'm like, yo. And at the time they were working on a joke. Anybody remember a football player that got hit in the eye with a flag? Anybody remember that? He got hit in the eye with a flag and he was suing the league for like $400 million. Now Jay Leno, Gary Chanley, and George Wallace are all working on a joke for Jay Leno's monologue. I ain't saying nothing. I'm just happy to be in a room. But your gift will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. So I'm sitting in the green room, and they're working on a joke. Then it got quiet, and they looked at me. And I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> this is an opportunity. So I was like, all right, let me see if I got this right. Because I got seven different ways to look at this. I was like, let me see if I got this right. He got hit in the eye uh, with a flag. He lost his vision in one eye, and he's suing the league for $400 million. Um, He's not going to see half of it. Shortly after that, I'm in the club headlining, right? So... Headlining down there like two years ago, probably almost three years ago now, I'm getting ready to perform at the Comedy Magic Club. I'm I'm there on a regular basis, but this in particular time, right before I get on stage, God gave me a change in mindset about comedy. Normally, when a comedian gets on stage, he wants to get what? That's what I was all about. I was all about getting laughs. God said, no, don't go up there to get laughs from people. Go up there to give them an opportunity to laugh. So it changed the whole game because now I'm not looking to take. I'm looking for an opportunity to give. So I go up on stage, and I do my, sh- I do my show, and uh, it's different. Like, there's no rush. Like, when you have a gift for somebody, you don't open, knock on the door and shove it in their face. You assess the situation. You wait till you're invited in, and then you present what you have for them. So that's why my comedy is so much cooler now. I don't no rush. God already told me I was funny. He gave me the gift. Well, what was the rush? So now... Um, I do the show, and then I leave the club that night, and I'm standing outside, and people are buying all my merchandise, doing autographs, same thing every time I leave this club. But this time, while I'm talking to the people, I look across the street, and I saw a homeless guy. I had never seen a homeless guy outside this club before, ever. But that doesn't mean he wasn't there before. That just means before, my mindset was to get laughs from people. So why would I even notice a homeless guy? So when I noticed him, I was like, man, what about him? How could I give him an opportunity to laugh? Then I asked God, and God was like, you really want to know? And I was like, nope. (laughs) you know it's going to be an assignment or something? So then I said yes, right, and we went and did a comedy tour. Um, We made a film. It's called Comedy, The Road, Let's Travel. First place we went to, and we're still doing these events on a regular basis. First place we went to was Fort Worth, Texas, a place called the Samaritan House. Everyone there is homeless, and they have HIV. Brought them together, did a comedy show. Afterwards, this dude walks up to me, and he says, I just want you to know, Up until tonight, I hadn't been able to laugh in over 20 years. When he said that, I almost started crying. I'm like, man, you better back up. I ain't going to be crying. That's a man move right there. When you look up, you're like. We leave there. We go to Montrose, Colorado. There's a place there called the Dolphin House. The Dolphin House takes care of children who are being abused by their parents who are on drugs. And his grandmother tells me the story of her grandson who's so afraid of his mom. Everywhere he goes, he wears a Spider-Man costume. Full costume, everywhere goes. One of the things his mom has been doing to him, she's been pulling out his toenails. So she tells me this story, then I hear all these other kids' stories. Then they bring them all in, and I got to do jokes for these kids and their caregivers. If my mindset was still to get laughs from people, there's no way I would have did the show. But my mindset was changed to giving them an opportunity to laugh, so I had to do the show. Romans 12 two, be not conformed to the ways of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind a new mind set So I go up there. And I do the show sitting right up front spider-man full costume Clinton his grandmother was back to me and I got to do jokes So I start doing comedy people slowly but surely start laughing like 20 25 minutes into it I hear a voice come from right here and the voice says my name is Ronan This little boy pulls off his mask and introduces himself to me. And he starts talking to me for like nine minutes like I'm not doing a comedy show. (laughs) He talked about Spider-Man, talked about Batman. He said, Batman has a belt. And I was like, well, I got a belt too if you don't sit down somewhere. (laughs) That's exactly what happened, the whole room laughed. In fact, it was like the biggest laugh of the night. Now listen, I can guarantee you, it was not in my notes to do a joke about whooping kids in a room full of abused kids. (laughs) But it was like God knew what comedy needed to be done. The gorilla had to leave the room, we had an amazing time. By the end of the night, me and Spider-Man are dancing together on the floor. It's amazing what happens when you just show up with your gift. I'm not talking about a gift to make people laugh or a gift to sing, just your gift. Because the, the reason you are where you are is because you have the gift that you have and there's some people around you that need it. Just flat, you just gotta open your eyes and say, wait a minute, it's not about this invoice. It's about the invoice. <laughs> that is hot. I wrote that two days ago. I wrote that two days ago. That's pretty hot. I got to make sure I write that down somewhere, though, too. That's... So we leave there. We go to a youth prison. It was a little hard at the youth prison. Then we go to Skid Row. Dude says "I've been homeless for seven years. I've been on crack cocaine for five years. I was beaten, stabbed, and left for dead. I could really use a lab, Michael Jr. Thanks for the pressure, dude. Same dude has to use his left hand to keep himself from falling out of his chair in laughter. In the film, you get to see the transformation. Then we go to an adult prison. It's not a film. Got to tell you what happens. State of Washington. We go to this adult prison. I'm scared for real. Like, for real. As soon as I walk in, the warden takes my belt. He says, you can't have a belt. Somebody might try to hang you. I'm like, can't they just boo me or something? Why they got to hang me? <laughs> this don't make sense. I'm in prison. My pants loose. This is a bad idea, man. This is a- it's a bad idea. I got seven different ways to look at this, man. I'm just... So I'm scared for real. I need a joke immediately. I'm walking in there. The bars are open in front of me. or closed behind me. I need to be funny immediately. I know. Normally I take my time. No. They need to like me immediately, uh, but not too much. So I'm walking in there. I'm scared. I need a joke. I got nothing. I'm going through my Rolodex seven ways to Nothing. I am scared for real. I'm walking in and the bars are still open. I walk in, there's no stage. The prisoners are like right there. There's no glass. We're not doing comedy on the phone. <laughs> I got nothing. I remember, I remember walking in and I put, my, I put my right foot down. I still got nothing to say. I put my left foot down. I still got nothing. I settle on my left foot in and I look. Sitting right up front is a white dude with a white beard named Moses. I was like, thanks, Lord. I looked at Moses, and when I said these words, the place exploded and laughed. We had an amazing time. I said, Moses, this is what I want you to do. When you see the prison warden, I want you to look him in his eye. Look him right in his eye, and I want you to say, let my people go. <laughs> this is what you got to catch. This is what you got to catch. I was scared the whole time. I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know what I was going to do until I got my feet where they needed to be. Good. I didn't even know. So I'm telling you, there's some people in here. There's a bunch of people in here. God has something great for you to do. And He's been telling you what it is. You kind of know what it is, but you're scared. So you want to play it safe and be where you're at. You just gotta step out there and know that he's got your back when you get there. I'm about to play the trailer to Comedy "The World Less Travel. The name of the film is Comedy The Rollers Travel. You could take comedy out. Just put your gift right in there. Check it. This is Comedy Rollers Travel, the trailer. You've seen him on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. A talented young comedian. Very funny man. Michael Jr. The show must go on, people still need to laugh. It's just important that it's funny, first and foremost, regardless of whatever else happens. They look real hard. I mean, like, they've really been through some stuff. Some of these kids are away from their families, they haven't seen them, their families don't want to have anything to do with them. I mean, it's probably been a long time since they've really been able to laugh. I have to bring the same show that I would bring if I'm playing a theater. I was 13 when I did it. This is the lowest point in my life. But like, to me, I'm ready to move up, right? I'm tired of
0: it, right? And I've only been in jail for two years. If I could the eyes, I would pay forgiveness to my dear.
1: Everybody deserves an opportunity. laugh. It
0: is good to hear you guys all laugh together. As opposed
1: to laughing at each other. 29, I'm homeless, I'm an addict, and I need to laugh. <laughs> you know, my dad bought a house and he put all five of us in it, and he never was home. <laughs> Some person heard me sigh, you know what I mean? To do a comedy show for drug endangered children. Montrose?
0: That's not funny. I was at the drug endangered children's meeting at the Dalton House. I didn't see too much fun in drug endangered children, but uh, it changed my mind. I came to Samaritan House in 06. They gave me no chance
1: to start my life over
0: again. (laughs) Not
1: I just said, you know what, let's take comedy on the road, let's travel, let see what the people's reaction would be. For him to come in and make us laugh like how he did, and for him to come talk to us, you know, that I make us feel like more human. He laughed so hard, the building was leaning. It <laughs> was just ignored to laugh. Reaching a lot of guys, I tell you, he reached me. Actually showed me that I, I can be sober and have fun. Cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> that's, a second. Um, that's so weird that when I watch that, I get all a little choked up. I was like, I was there. What did you getting all emotional for, Michael Jr.? So check it. All of this happened. I've been on all of the shows. I still do all of the shows. But that stuff right there happened because I had a change in mindset. God clearly changed. I said, God, I, I need you to tell me what you want me to do. And, he, and as soon as my mindset changed from, from giving as opposed to getting, the whole game changed. And it's not about money. It's awesome when you give money. That stuff is phenomenal. But sometimes <laughs> sometimes we use it to kind of let us, to get us off the hook a little bit. It's cool when you give from the hip. It's another game when you give from the heart. Like, I could have showed up, little Spider-Man had his costume on. I could have showed up with $200,000. And handed it to him. At the end of the night, it would have been a little boy in a Spider-Man costume with two hundred thousand dollars in hand. But I showed up with my gift, and he gave me a gift that I'll never forget because I sh- led with my gift. So you need a change in mindset. So this is what I'm going to tell you how to get a change in mindset. First of all, you got Jesus is the one that gives it to you. I'm just telling you some hurts, some pain, some, some awkward. That stuff can give you a change in mindset too, but it's not in a good direction. So God is so. I'm gonna tell you about how what it, what it means to have a relationship with God. This is my uh, this is how God explained it to me. You can play the thing too if you want to, because I know you're just, you're just waiting on the cue. So imagine for a second, I want everybody to imagine, imagine that everyone in here is a house. Just imagine for a second if you were a house. Go ahead, you can play. Yeah, go. <laughs> I'm just gonna be real obvious about it because some people just start talking and all of a sudden it's like I'm going to like. Cool. Yeah. So imagine that everyone in here is a house. Actually, everyone in the world is a house. We're just talking about the people in this room, the people watching online right now. Imagine that you're a house. Cool. Can you play Stevie Wonder? No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> this is so cool because this is a real, some people are going to make some life-changing decisions right now, and we're laughing in the midst of it. God is different than you think. God wants you to have joy. This is people who are going to make some cool changes right now. This is, okay, let me, let me stay focused, Michael Jean. Imagine that everyone in here is a house. And outside of the house is Jesus Christ. And he wants to come in. But he'll never force his way in. He wants you to invite him in. And there's some people in this room, you're cool with just having Jesus outside the house. Because then every once in a while you can just open the front door, have a conversation with him, and then close the door and go back in your house. But that's not a relationship at all. There's no way that he can change your mindset from outside the house. He wants to be invited in. And then there's some people in here, the reason you won't invite Jesus in your house is because your house is a mess. And you think you got to clean it up first. How's that working out for you? Your house is still a mess. And you've been trying to clean it up for a long time. And you've been inviting other people in to see if they could help you clean it up. And it's even messier now. The only one that can clean it up is standing outside the house, wearing an apron with a bucket in his hand, ready to clean it up. Then there's people in this room who used to have Jesus in the entire house. But for some reason or another, you've tried to completely evict them, or you've moved them to one room in the house. You ever be in a house that got a good room? Got the nice furniture, there's plastic on it and stuff. Can't nobody go in there. A lot of times, that's the room right up front with the big window. So when people walk by, they're like, wow, that house is clean. It's just that one room. Wow, that person really has Jesus. No, Jesus doesn't have them. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you today saying, Jesus, I want you in my house. So this is what I'm going to do. I want everybody in the room to, to close their eyes and bow your head and just listen to my voice. Nobody's looking around, every eye closed. Every head bowed. And I'm just going to simply ask you, I'm just going to be really, really simple. On the count of three, if you want to invite Jesus into your entire house, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Wow, people are already raising hands. I said, on the count of three, I'd like to do it my way, if you don't mind. I'm just playing. Get yours right now. This is awesome. We're laughing in the midst of an altar call. Wow, I see you, sir. Let me count. One, two, three. Hands up, nice and high, nice and high. Wow, praise God. Nice and high, nice and high. I see you, I see you. Oh, wow, it's a lot of hands. That is so cool. Little bitty hands, big hands, brown hands. This is so awesome. Wow, I see, oh, wow, it's a grip of hands in here. Grip means a lot. I'm sorry, that's slang. That is so awesome. Praise God, my man got two hands up. He's like, give me mine now. All right. If your hand is up, just make eye contact with me. If your hand is up, so you can see that I see you. So you can see that I see you. So you can see that I see you. This is awesome. All right. I see you. I see you. Now put your hand down. I'm actually do one more thing. It's not gonna be creepy. Okay. It's gonna be regular. What I want you to do, because Jesus essentially says this: If you would take a stand for me before man, I will stand for you before my Father in heaven. So what that's going to look like is on the count of three, everyone who raised their hand, I'm going to want you to stand to your feet. That's all it's going to be. You're just taking a public stand. Because if you can't stand in here where we're proud of you, it's going to be really hard to stand when you go outside these doors. So we want you to take a stand, and everybody in here is going to applaud like crazy. Then we're going to pray. Then we're going to bounce. Bounce means to vacate the premises. (laughs) So on the count of three, everyone who raised their hand, and even those who should have raised their hand. I want you to stand to your feet on the count of three. One, two, three. Stand up. That is so awesome. Stand up, stand up, stand up. How awesome is this? How awesome is that? Yeah. Keep standing, 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 keep standing. All right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Keep standing. Keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. All right, you can stop clapping, but I'm over. I'm over, done. Keep standing, though. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing, because you're going to be like, God, I need you to keep standing. He's going to be right there standing with his knees locked. I don't know if God got knees, but anyway, he's not going to sit down. This is so awesome. Thank you for letting me be a part of this decision. This is some life-changing stuff. This is so cool. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation. Jesus is going to come into your heart. What you're going to do, what you've done is you opened up the door, and now Jesus is about to come inside. I'm going to pray, and that's exactly what's going to happen. And if for some reason I pray wrong, Pastor, going to come clean it up. But I kind of know what I'm doing. So just repeat after me. All you have to do is repeat after me. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Just repeat after me. Dear God. Nice and loud and boldly, please. Dear Dear God. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die for me. I believe it. And I receive it. Thank you for forgiving me for my sins. Come into my house. Come into my heart, Lord. Have your way. Thank you for being my father. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a round of applause. That is so awesome. Thank you so much.